Hey there, friends. I have something really exciting to share, and of course, I'm going to come to you with it first. As faithful listeners here to the Inventory Genius Podcast, I am thrilled to let you know that I am releasing my first full-length book, The Inventory Genius, How to Use Your Inventory to Create More Profit and Keep More Cash. Yes, my book, The Inventory Genius. It is ready to release, and I want to invite you to get your own copy. Now, this book is, of course, going to be practical as it shows us and walks us through how to use our inventory to create more profit and keep more cash in our business, but it's also a little entertaining. So in this book, I weave together my journey, my story, and the story of many of my clients as we discovered through the Inventory Genius Method how to create more profit and keep more cash in our businesses, whether it is paying down debt or taking a paycheck for the first time, there is so much to be learned in the Inventory Genius. So I want you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, and grab your copy of the Inventory Genius. You don't want to miss this book. See you soon. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, and I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. This is number three in our several part series, um, walking through and talking about the Inventory Genius Method and how we can find and extrapolate some bite-sized actionable steps that we can take and implement in our businesses today. So we are just enjoying some time together, you and I, kind of like old friends, hanging out, and just chatting about our business. We're going to be doing this over the next coming weeks. Um, and we have been for the past several weeks talking together um, just about some things as it relates to money, inventory, and all things inventory genius. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about how inventory works. And I want to start by reading a couple small paragraphs, short paragraphs from my book, um, Inventory Genius. And then we're going to dive into how inventory works. All right. I was so proud of the new location with only a solid door between the store and the warehouse. I could be present for both my customers and my team. Before the store opened each day, I could help organize inventory, use our sweet little forklift to unload any trucks that had arrived and even jump on a call with a vendor or supplier. When the store opened at 10 a.m., I was able to pop out front, help customers at the fitting room or restock the store. Life felt so good. By this time, we were moving through hundreds of thousands of units every month. And by units, I'm talking about inventory. And yes, I touched hundreds of thousands of units of inventory every month, which is why you should listen when I chat with you about being an inventory genius, because uh, let me tell you, I have touched my fair share of inventory. One unit is one thing to sell, such as a shirt or a pair of shoes, a picture frame, or a piece of jewelry. I was selling excess inventory to other mom and pop stores around the country. That top line number looked fantastic. But where was all the cash going? It came in and then poof, the bank account was low again, all in what seemed to be just a matter of hours. In and out, the cash flew through the business like a raging river. So you've heard me say this before, cash 
And inventory, oh, they're the same thing, let me tell you. Your inventory is like cash on hangers and cash in boxes, and you need to start thinking about your inventory this way. Inventory is just like cash. When you exchange a dollar bill for a piece of inventory, or maybe 10 or $20 bills for a piece of inventory, that inventory is really turning into an asset for you. You're one of your biggest assets, if not the biggest asset being an inventory-based business. And so you need to start to think about or continue to think about your inventory like cash on hangers and cash in boxes. Everywhere around your warehouse, cash. It's sitting in boxes. It's sitting in bins. It's sitting on shelves. It's hanging on hangers. Cash. And so the quicker we can turn that cash into more cash and more cash, the better our business will be. All right, so let's talk about inventory and how it works. I want you to think about a profit and loss statement or a P&L in these five categories. There's five main categories on a P&L. And what's interesting is of those five categories, four of them have to do with inventory. If you're an inventory-based business, you guys, this is a massive, massive um, eye-opener for so many business owners, right? If our profit and loss shows us what has recently transpired in our business, if we are able to look at a PL and see, that's what happened in my business. That's the money that came in. That's the money that went out. And four of the five categories on that PL have to do with inventory. Don't you think it's time to sit up and pay attention to how our inventory actually works? Okay. First category, top of the line, very top of the page, top of the PL is our sales. Now, we all know where our sales come from. They come from the selling of a product. And, you know, you might have some service in your business as well. If you do, I would strongly encourage you to separate the sales of the inventory and the service in your business. And you can do this, um, of course, in your point of sale system. And then when you have your financials um, done for you every month, whether you do them on your own or you have a bookkeeper do them, I would make sure that on the top of that profit and loss statement, when you have your sales, that it's broken out. So you can truly see here is my sales of inventory and here's my sales of service. So maybe you have a styling service. Maybe you have, um, maybe you're a salon owner. And you have, you know, the services that you render, those sales compared to the product sales. So we want to separate those things out. Anytime we can get granular with our information and separate our information, we will have more power to make better decisions. So our sales are just that at the top of the page. It's what we sold, the revenue that was collected. Okay. Our second line on a profit and loss statement is going to be the cost of goods sold. The cost of goods sold is the cost of the inventory that sold, not what you went out and purchased, not the cost of all your invoices added up. It's the cost of the inventory that sold. On a recent call, um, a client, let's call her Jane, and I focused on breaking down her financials. She was wildly successful in her inventory and had been in business for about four or five years. Jane had done a lot of things right. She had an amazing product, a clearly defined brand, and the ability to sell. Like she was really good at selling. Her top line revenue would be the envy of many, and she was running a lean and mean business model, meaning her expenses were as lean and mean as possible. However, she had deeply rooted anxiety and shame because she didn't know how to read her financials. Having had a bookkeeper since the beginning, Jane had been receiving monthly financial statements almost since the beginning of when her business launched. 
Um, but like so many other small business owners, she would receive the statement, save it to the file on her laptop and, you know, move on with the best part of her day, which was selling her product. Okay. Um, and so that's why when we got on our first calls together, we started looking through her financial, this call in particular that I'm going to share with you is our first attempt to tackle the project of helping her understand what her financials were saying about her business. As I walked her through what to do when she sent the when she was sent the financial statement every month, um, I pointed out that in month and one and two of the example she had sent to me, her business showed an average ten percent gross margin. Now you and I both know we can't live on a ten percent gross margin. <laughs> like you won't have enough money to probably even turn your lights on or pay the rent with a ten percent gross margin. Now month three, so the third month of financials she sent over showed us she had over an eighty percent gross margin, and I was like, well, that's amazing. I would love for you to be running your business on an eighty percent margin, but we know something isn't quite adding up. If you have a 10% gross margin some months and an 80% gross margin other months, what is not accurate on her financial? This is because her cost of goods sold was not reported accurately. So she was looking at her cost of goods sold. She was reporting her cost. In fact, her bookkeeper was recording her cost of goods sold as all of the invoices that she paid. So when she bought product for her business, that invoice would come in, she'd pay it with a credit card or whatever, and her bookkeeper would record that as cost of goods sold when in fact, the first stop for that inventory should have been on the balance sheet and her cost of goods sold would have been recorded once the inventory itself sold. So it's really important that you understand cost of goods sold and that it is the cost of the inventory that's sold. Okay, so we have our sales at the top, we have our cost of goods sold. The difference between those two numbers is your gross margin. And this is where we really want to focus on a healthy gross margin. Now, what is a healthy gross margin? Well, the next line is our expense section. And the difference between our gross margin and our expenses is our net profit. So what is a healthy gross margin? A healthy gross margin is going to create a healthy net profit. Let me give you an example. Let's say we had $100 in sales, we had a cost of goods sold of $50, which left us with a gross margin of 50 bucks. Let's say it cost us $75 to own, operate, uh, excuse me, to, to open and operate our business. So turn the lights on, pay for our people, whatever, $75. This would leave us with a negative net profit, right? $100 in sales minus $50 in cost of goods sold leaves us with 50 bucks. It costs us 75 to operate our store which leaves us negative 25. We're in the hole. And that's not even talking about debt. So a healthy gross margin is going to leave you with a healthy net profit. So let's back up $100 in sales. Let's say those sales only cost us 20 because we're really smart with the way that we buy. And so now we have $80 left in gross margin. It costs us 75 to operate our store, which leaves us with a net profit of $5. We are in the black. We have a profit in our business. So a gross margin, which is dictated by what you pay for the product that sold. So what that selling pro that product that sold, what it costs you, the difference is our gross margin. A healthy gross margin is going to give you a healthy net profit. Okay, expenses. This is the fourth item on a profit and loss statement. This is really the only section that does not have anything to do with inventory. So it's not going to be related to your inventory. Your expenses are your fixed and non-fixed expenses, rent, payroll, 1099, um, travel, insurance, 
Starbucks coffee, whatever. Okay, these are expenses. We're going to add those all up. And then the difference between the gross margin, as I just illustrated earlier, and the expenses is going to be your net profit. So you have to have a flush, healthy, padded gross margin. Then you need to live lean and mean in the expense side of things in order to give you profitability. And then from that profit, we create a debt payoff plan. So if you have a lot of debt, that debt would be paid from that bottom line. Um, and so there's three things we can focus on if we want to create a better way of using our inventory to create profitability. We can increase our sales, we can increase our margin, or we can lower expenses. All of these things would take our inventory into account with the gross margin. So the sales at the top, the gross margin, how we pay for things. So do we overspend? Maybe we have a really healthy gross margin, but we're just spending too much on running our business. We just, you know, as the money comes in, we just spend it. So we might need to, you know, lean out on the expense side of things in order to have ultimately the, the best profitability that we can find in our business. And this is our goal. Uh, this is what we need to tackle. This is what we need to strive for when it comes to inventory. So as we back up again, understanding our inventory. Inventory is the lifeblood of our business. It is cash on hangers, cash in boxes. Think of your business or your inventory as seed money. We plant those seeds and we want to grow more money trees. Okay. So we want to grow fast growing, high producing money trees. I have an illustration in the book. Um, let me see if I can find it here because then I can walk through it with you. Uh, hang on a second. Let's see if I can find that grid. There it is. Okay. So I want you to think about it this way. Let's say you buy some inventory for $150. Okay. You sell all of it for $450. Okay. So you sell every single piece, you mark it up well, you make $450. So you bought it for $150, you plant those seeds of inventory, okay, those cash seeds of inventory, and you grow $450. You sell it all for $450. Bucks. Let's say you take half of that, so you take $225, and you plant that money seed again. This time, you mark it up three times, you bought really well, you sell it all, so you sell it for $675. Now you take half of that, and you plant that money seed again. So you set, you know, plant $337.50. You sell it all, and you sell it for $1,250. So we take that initial $150 worth of product. We buy it well. We mark it up well. We are smart with it. We treat it like cash on hangers, cash in boxes. And we keep taking it, planting it, taking a portion, replanting it, taking a portion, replanting it. This is how we grow our cash position. This is how we get smart with our cash flow. So start to look at your inventory, cash on hangers, cash in boxes, understand how inventory works in your business, how it flows in and out of your business and what it does to your cash flow. All right, that's all I have for you right now. So fun to hang out with you guys. I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you wanna dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I wanna invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I wanna help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, 
it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey boutique owner, are you ready to go from drowning in busy work to dreaming about the future? Simple Strategies Group creates automated marketing systems that work 24 seven so you do not have to. And you know how important I tell you it is to have automated simplified systems. And that's why you need to get a hold of Liz. Liz Whitehead is a certified Clavio Master Silver Partner as well as a certified Postscript Partner. She knows her stuff. She works with e-commerce product-based businesses to implement email and text marketing strategies that build trust and nurture your customer relationships. She wants to do this for you so that you can start to focus on the front lines of your boutique business. So visit simplestrategiesgroup.com for more info. That's simplestrategiesgroup.com.